Charlie Day and you are listening to the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. Now, before we get started, there are a few things that you probably need to know about me. I just love helping women in business. Like sometimes I get more excited about their business than they do. And also, I've never actually had a proper job. I've always run my own business, so it's all I know. I have grown our business, Phonics with Robot Reg, from a small class in a village hall to over 60 franchisees across the UK and Australia. We have created a job that we can do flexibly around our children and have so much fun while we do it. We literally have the dream business. And the best thing is that you can too. And I'm going to show you how. So here we are. Let's start another episode of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurs Growth Club podcast. I am so excited because I've got my new friend Nikki Gundy joining me today. Nikki is a fitness mindset mentor and expert accountability coach and this is my favorite bit for the non-sporty people and that's me. That is absolutely me. Hello Nikki, how's it going? Hi, Charlie. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's lovely to be here with you all. So tell my listeners a little bit about you and what you do. So I think the I actually think the most interesting thing about me is I'm like the most regular, ordinary person you could meet as an I was, you know, for someone who works in now the fitness I'm like the least fitnessy person. (laughs) Never been on a sports team in my life. Have terrible hand-eye coordination. And if you asked me to go for a run, I would run like a nana. But over the years, I have learned to love a health and fitness lifestyle. And I think it's really important with the social media um, narratives that are out there now, that there are people that just represent normal everyday fitness lifestyles that can be totally just regular and achievable and realistic for everyone and we don't have to be counting macros and bodybuilding and you know in the gym doing deadlifts and back squats with 120 kilos on the bar like it you know we can just be normal and we can work out at home and we can learn to love a fitness lifestyle so I started on Instagram about seven years ago just documenting my post baby fitness journey I had my second baby I couldn't lose my baby weight And I was struggling. And so I just started documenting anonymously at the beginning and people just followed along and it became a story that, you know, people grew up with me pretty much. And they grew up with Maddie, my youngest, um, and they just followed, watched me get fit at home in a very unimpressive way. Still can't do a pull up to this day. Still can't do anything remotely. You know, like when you see those videos on Instagram of people doing all these tricks with their fitness. Yeah, that's not me, not me at all. I'm still there using my lightweights and just doing just really normal stuff at home. But it it works. It doesn't have to be, as long as you're consistent, it doesn't have to be like, so taken so seriously as Instagram and social media makes it out. So my following grew that way. And I would speak to all these women every day and they'd tell me what they were worried about in terms of fitness or what they were struggling with. And from there, 
I started a brand new business. No one knew what I was doing. They were like, what is this? Because I set myself up as an accountability coach. I developed my own method to hold people accountable because what women were missing was a way to be consistent. Not They knew what exercises to do. They knew what healthy food looked like. But what they were struggling with was a bit of motivation, a pep talk, some support, and someone to be there every day to check in with and say, yeah, I did my workout today. So that's what I do. So we met in the most weird circumstance. Weird and wonderful. <laughs> yeah, weird and wonderful. Mostly wonderful. Um, so actually, everybody who listens to this podcast probably knows that I was invited on a private jet for the sales that I made for Lisa Johnson. Um, and Nikki was also on that private jet. But that day you said something to me, which you know, in that moment just made me feel so much better about my own health and fitness journey. Because I said to you, Nikki, I just don't like working out. And you said, no, Charlie, nobody does. Nobody <laughs> likes working out. No. And in that moment, I was just like, oh, yeah. oh, okay then. I know. And this is the thing, like, it's, you don't have to love it. Like, you know, I think we get this feeling in ourselves that like, oh, it's so hard. It's not for me. It's just so hard. But that is the point. It's meant to be hard. It's the hard bit that makes the changes. So really, it all comes down to how you feel about doing hard things. And I guarantee in business and in other areas of your life, you do hard things all the time you do hard things in business you do hard things with your kids you do a load of stuff you don't want to do in your everyday life and you do it but when it comes to fitness something tells us that oh it feels so hard so we shouldn't be doing it and we need to get over that it's just like anything else it's just how you feel about doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable so I, you you're absolutely right I will do uncomfortable things all day long in business but when I'm working out and, you know, there's a whole range of weights in front of me and then um, <laughs> Laura, who's my personal trainer, will say, uh, like, I joined like a group workout thing. Yeah. So she's like, you know, if you're a beginner, pick up a lightweight or, you know, if you really want to challenge yourself, pick up a heavyweight. And I'm like, well, I'm not that good. So I may as well pick up a lightweight. <laughs> oh, this is nice and easy. Yeah. What would your advice be to, to me? How can I? Not the, do that. <laughs> it's about it's about a combination of you know you know the old age old adage of like trying to improve one percent every day and over like a period of time that's going to make a massive difference it's about that but pairing that with not such harsh expectations or these unwritten rules that we make about fitness where you have to be like one or the other for me like and bear in mind I work out at home so I don't have a gym I don't have loads and loads of equipment like I have to have, make use of what I've got for me it's about okay you, you say to yourself okay well I'll start with something heavy but I'm going to keep the light one right by it so that as soon as I can do a couple of reps with the heavy one and as soon as I finish uh, or I can't do any more and I get the order like it I've got I'm not stopping I'm not stopping I just pick up the lighter one and go from there same with a push-up can't do push-ups on your toes you want to try one do the first one and then go to your knees and carry on because one day the first one will happen and unless you try it first you'll never know when that moment is so you start off doing the hardest that you can but with the expectation that you know I won't be able to sustain it 
that is fine. That's the way it's meant to be. You don't want to be able to do things easily in fitness, but you want to try the hard thing, but giving yourself full permission to go down to a lower weight, go to your knees, modify. And then when you get a bit more energy back or you've had a rest in between your sets, you try again with something a little bit harder. It's just managing, it's just the balance between telling yourself to try something difficult, but giving yourself permission to not have to be perfect, to not have to kill it and be like doing more than you were before. Like, it's not about that. It's just, it's a fine balance. Do you know what I love is that it's like, when you speak to personal trainers, they are obsessed with fitness. They love it. Hence why they've built a career around yeah. it. Whereas you just, uh, like say it how it is I that, exactly what you've said is what I do in business like in follow-up in closing down sales I'm like what's the worst that can happen just give it a go just ask the question just put yourself out there why yeah. don't I do it with fitness exactly and I think it's that I think like don't get me wrong I think personal trainers are incredible they their expertise the techniques that they have and but they, we need them for something very different. You need your um, a personal trainer to make sure your form is right, to program. They're like the doctor, aren't they, of fitness. Like they can see what's wrong. They can give you the treatment plan of how to make it better. But there's something that happens that I think, I don't want to pigeonhole women, but especially with women, where we're like, oh, it's all right for you though, because you love fitness and you do this for a living. Like it's easy for you. It's different for me. And I think, you know, I'm quite happy to be the spokesperson for the people that are like, uh, I'm not a person, I'm not a personal trainer. I have no personal training qualifications at all. And I keep it that way because there needs to be the reality check as well in fitness of it. And like, yeah, but how do the normal people like get through a workout? Because you're amazing. You're a personal trainer. You're up here. <laughs> the normal people do it and this is how I like to work with women is just very much on a do you know what we got to make some better rules for ourselves around fitness because what we see and we're getting rules around what we see personal trainers and fitness influencers do and they're not the rules that will actually set us up for success so obviously for anybody who's listening because this isn't visual um you you could be a personal trainer I mean you're in incredibly good shape because obviously you have committed <laughs> yourself to this and one of my favorite things is the 5am um mirror picture that you do because I just I think it's, it's that weird thing to say out loud <laughs> I thought I had the thought and then I've said it out loud it feels like I'm a bit of a stalker I've already admitted to you that I'm a stalker so it's fine um but I just find it quite inspirational. Um, and like my followers know, I love a 5am start. And it's just that sort of like energy that's like, yes, I've worked out. I feel great. I'm ready to attack the day. Talk to me about your early morning routine and how important that is in your life and in your business. In terms of fitness, first off, the reason it's so important to me to wake up early and work out it's probably not the reason that people, I'm not trying to be some martyr, like, oh, I'm up at 5am doing my workout. It's because for me, and I think maybe a lot of people might relate to this, as if I was to try and do a workout later on in the day, the longer the day goes on, the more my motivation fades and working out turns into this massive negative for me. Like, oh, it's hanging over my head. I'm like, oh, I've got to do a workout. I've got to try and fit in. Oh, I don't want to do it later. Like it just goes from being this thing that adds 
can add such a benefit to my life. I really add something valuable to my life. And as the day goes on, it just gets more negative and more negative. And I don't want to punish myself. I'm not using fitness to force myself into it, to punish myself. It already feels, you know, unnatural enough for me while I'm doing it. I need the thought of it to at least, I need to try and accomplish it at the period of time where it feels the best to me. Now, we have a different quality, like brain state first thing in the morning. You literally go to bed and you're, they've sort of done studies that prove that, and I'm going to use the word almost because I'm sure there's a much more scientific term for what I'm about to say, but your brain almost washes itself at night. So when you wake up in the morning before you've consumed social media or looked at your emails or any had any harassment from your family, you wake up with a different kind of brain, like completely clear, much more clarity, the ability and the potential to be more focused, more driven, more productive, more creative than ever because of this state that your brain is in. So if you can find a slot to get a workout in then, you're actually performing at a different level. So for me, I have to do it in the morning because the way I would perform a workout after work or at night (laughs) would not be a good idea for me. Whereas if I can just roll out of bed straight into a workout when my mind's at its best, my brain is at its best and get it just done at the first thing of the day, it always stays as a positive experience for me. Even if I have a bad workout, I'm like, it's done. Oh my God, it's ticked off first. I've won the day already. You know, like literally like what a success my day is already because it's ticked off. If I leave it till later, I'm like, oh God, all day. I've got to do this workout. So in terms of fitness, it's, it's just about finding the positive time to do it for me. But in terms of lifestyle and business, even, like I said, you have a different, you are able to tap into a different level of potential early in the morning because we only have a finite amount of attention in any one day. People think it's like an unlimited, like honey pop. It's not. Like every time you check your phone, you give away a bit of attention. Anytime you deal with the family, you're giving away a bit of this pot of attention. So in the morning, before you've taken on any of those stresses and strains, your potential could be like limitless, could be limitless in the morning. And a really good example of this is like, I tried the other day, just really recently, I tried to get a project that I've been working on, like I needed to focus and I needed to get it finished. And I was trying all afternoon to finish this project. And I was literally holding a pen, looking at a piece of paper and staring at a screen. And you know, that feeling of like, I'm, I feel like I'm working, but I'm not actually moving the needle forward at all. And I just put it away, even though I had a deadline sort of hanging over me. I woke up in the morning, did my workout, had my drink of water, whatever, came straight back to that project. It was done within 20 minutes because my brain was different in the morning to how it was at the end of the day. And I think there's a real selfish, like beautifully selfish point to getting up in the morning. And that is everything we leave for ourselves, we normally leave till the end of the day where we're getting the worst version of ourselves. So anything that's personally important to you, new passion project, getting your dream business off the ground, you know, um, writing that book you always wanted to write or listening, like personal development, whatever. Normally, we have to leave that till the end of our day after we've dealt with our families, dealt with our jobs and everything else that's going on. And it gets the worst version of you at that point, unless 
I will caveat and say, unless you are a natural night owl, so unless you do your best work late at night, as some people naturally do, but for most of us, once we've given all our attention away, we're trying to do stuff for ourselves or think, oh, I'll do that after the kids go to bed. Have you ever said that? I'll do that after the kids get there. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it's not a great place to be. And we're actually doing ourselves a disservice because if you do it first thing in the morning, you're actually saying, I'm my first priority. All the stuff that I want, I'm going to do before the family wakes up. I'm dedicating that time, the best part of my like brain function, my clarity, my focus and giving to myself to do the things that are important to me. They'll take me half the time they normally take me. And then once I've done me and I feel super amazing, I'll be happy to be with my family and give them everything else that I've got to give. So it's a real beautiful, selfish, like make yourself the first priority instead of the last on the list type of time. I love it. Question, because I've always wondered this. Um, Because like I go away a lot and you have go away a lot as well. Do you keep it up when you're on holiday? It really depends on the time zone. Um, I, we, we tend to go to America quite a lot. So the jet lag works in your favor for early mornings. And um, so we generally really love, like my husband and I, because I've got older, an older child who can look after the younger one. We'll like use that time to still escape to the gym or go for a walk on the beach or something. So in that capacity, yes. Um, I don't like try and get up at 5 a.m. as a rule on holiday what I and it's the same on weekends my general philosophy around early morning wake-ups is once you're in a good routine it's slightly different while you're building your routine we are the ultimate adaptive routine um, machine as a human being so you can pretty much get yourself to adapt to any sort of new um like body clock if you like that you want to but it takes a little bit of time to adapt so once you're in a routine I don't feel the need to be like, even on the weekends, I got to wake up at five. Or if I'm on holiday, I got to wake up at five. I like to think, I just like to give myself an hour before the rest of them get up. I just like to have a little bit of time, even if it's half an hour, but just a bit of time or wake up a little bit earlier than I normally would. So that whether it's peace and quiet, whether it's working on something for myself or some kind of personal development or getting out with my dog and just enjoying being outside, I get a little bit of time on my own. I am a better mother if I start my day with a little bit of time on my own. I love my kids, but oh, it changed our lives in terms of motherhood. It changed mornings in our house once I had some time on my own to wake up and sort myself out first rather than waking up with my kids and getting straight into like the screaming, nagging out the door, get breakfast, you know, like no one wants to send their kids off to school in stress and rush. And it actually, I'm not saying we never, it never happens, but I'm like happy when my kids wake up because I've had an hour and a half to two hours on my own because they normally wake up around seven. I'm like really happy to see them and I'm happy to have breakfast with them. And I'm come operating at a different place than when I'm waking up with them do they like Maddie when she was younger because you've been doing this for years does she because my little boy's five and this has happened a few times and what a killer you get up at five ready to do whatever you want to do they they wake up yeah oh yeah they little ones especially they're like oh don't you dare try (laughs) to wake up without me I used to find this a lot 
before I did early morning routines, I used to, I was that mum that was trying to squeeze a workout into a nap time. And we all know how that goes. You won't even <laughs> think about doing something at nap time and they won't nap. I, you know, say, oh, I'm going to work out and they won't go down. And it was the same um, for the start of when I started doing early mornings. She would anticipate it. I don't know if she got, could pick it up off of me, but she would be up. And what I will also say to, to reassure any mums with young kids, and this is, as long as you're getting enough sleep, that I just want to cover sleep's really important. So don't sacrifice your sleep for this um, because it's not worth it. But um, if you are getting enough sleep and your child does wake up with you, your children are also extremely, extremely um, adaptive and resilient and can cope with changes like that in terms of that they're early rising. And what I found was as long as I didn't get cross, and I didn't make it into a point where oh, I'm cross that they got up. So, for instance, if Maddie woke up, I would be saying like, oh, I'm, I'm happy to see I'm going to give her everything she needs off me right now. I will happily and freely give her everything she needs from me because the more I give, the more settled she will be. And then what I learned from that is that Maddie would then be happy to watch me work out, to crack on with her, her cartoons, and I would still have my time. It looked different to what I thought it would be, but I still had it. I found the more I stressed about her being up, the more stressed she was. She could sense that also, and the more she wasn't happy for me to get on with what I was doing. But as long as she comes down and I'm like, oh, hi, and I set her up and we do all the things. And then I'll say, I'm just right here, I'm doing my workout. And she really did grow up with me, adapting to seeing me doing workouts and and having this morning routine. And now she wouldn't, she would never, she wouldn't, she was three years old, she wouldn't bat an eyelid. It was completely normal to her. It was a huge part of us growing up in fitness together. Huge. And so does that not happen anymore? She doesn't. She do, oh, man, no. My, uh, my kids are good sleepers. Do you know why? Because I don't have the guilty sleep gene. I'm like, you go to bed. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my time. This is my bed. This is my time. You will go to sleep. So, <laughs> so in terms of your early morning routine, is it just a workout or do you throw a few other things in there? anyone's ever read the 5am club now i absolutely I love it huge, this is why i, started. I wasn't a huge fan of it it's definitely the oh, thing okay. that started my me looking into early morning routine but i found it hard to relate to that book like the way it's written i found it hard to relate to which is why i ended up doing uh, my own course called early morning queen um but yes that will tell you there's three pillars of like early morning magic which is move reflect and grow which sort of allows people to interpret that as you know 20 minutes of activity 20 minutes of some kind of reflective like journaling some and some kind of uh, you could say self-development or anything that moves the needle I like to say anything that moves the needle forward for you personally in any way um so that's what it's sort of built on and I just I like to encourage my clients to come at it. It has to be high value to you, what you do in the morning, because otherwise you're just getting up to punish yourself, to squeeze more into an already busy day. And it's never going to feel good enough or like selfish enough to, for you to sustain waking up early to do it. My ladies who thrive with early morning routine are doing it because, and this is the, it's so exciting when you think of it in terms of human behavior, like we are very motivated by what we, by 
what we might lose. So whereas people think, oh, I, I want to do something because I want to get this. I want this result. I want to achieve my goals. Actually, we're far more driven by what we potentially might lose. So I encourage my early morning queen ladies to come at it from to build a routine in the morning that is so high value to them that they they feel so selfishly like I could never lose this or give it up because I love my time so much that they're scared to lose it. Like, what would it mean if you then woke up at seven and you've lost that two hours? What are you losing? Like, what are you not able to do now? What of yours, your own stuff, do you not get anymore? And I think that changed the game for a lot of them because a lot of people come to Early Morning Queen with this assumption that it's like, oh, I'm waking up early because this is the time I'm going to squeeze a workout in. And that doesn't feel good. Like, even though it might be what you want or you think you want, it doesn't feel good. And if it doesn't feel like set your soul on fire type of good, getting up at five in the morning is always just going to feel like a punishment. So you have to build in those blocks, whether it's a passion project, listening to a podcast, self-development every day, which I personally love. Some of the ladies meditate. Um, you have to build in the bits in that feel so high value to you. You'd feel like you missed out on something if you didn't get them in that day. Um, so, you know, it really could be anything at all that is high value to you. Some people that is literally like, oh, I'm going to clean my kitchen because they have that scary clean gene, which I don't <laughs> have. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I, I tried years ago, tried to do um, an early morning routine, which involved getting half an hour's worth of housework done. Definitely not high value enough for me no. to get up at five o'clock in the morning for. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so it's just whatever is high value to you as a person should be in that slot in the morning should be a priority. Yeah, I mean, when you when you chat about it, it's so obvious, isn't it? Because you could wake up at 5am, set your day up, do something for yourself, have a little coffee in silence. And then your child comes through the door at seven o'clock and you're like, yay, I'm ready for the day, breakfast. Yeah. Isn't or the other option is you sleep in and your child comes and like, you know, jumps on you at 7am. You're woken up. Your first thought is like, oh my God, I haven't got enough sleep. And now I've got to get out of bed. Like, it's yeah. a no brainer, isn't it? I know. I think it's, and it's nice to see it as in what it can add. Like you are literally adding time to your day, even though you might obviously have to go to sleep earlier to support it because you can't have a great early morning routine without some great quality sleep um so you might be going to bed earlier but you have to look at it as like was that quality time that hour sort of like nine till ten uh, or ten to eleven that you might have stayed up later what would you really be doing ten till eleven at night compared to what how productive how creative how, like I wrote I came up with the idea and wrote early morning queen in the early morning hours like the the thought came to me about like how much I loved it what I wanted to tell people about it while I was on a dog walk early in the morning and then I literally came home and wrote it out on post-it notes all before like half past six in the morning I love it absolutely love it yeah. and that's why I was interested about the holidays because a few times I have like got up and done my morning routine like especially mm -hmm. when I was training for the marathon I couldn't get you off that training yeah. um and so I had to I remember in Portugal last year I was still waking up I was going to the gym and like I was thinking to myself oh my god I'm gonna hate that but actually I loved it and yeah. I was coming back from the gym in the morning like yes I'm on holiday and I'm killing it still and it's so good. good 
Yeah, it feels really, really good. And I think I, that's what people have to go into it, ready to feel good about it rather than this is going to be a slog because it's 5 a.m. But do you know what, Chai? And I would scream this at people like every day of my life. Doesn't matter whether it's 5 a.m. or 7 a.m., getting out of bed is horrendous, right? Take getting the duvet off, waking up, actually forcing yourself out of bed. It doesn't matter actually what time it is. It doesn't feel good no matter what time in the morning it is. Like, so you may as well like get up early, but do things that literally light you up, things that you want to wake up for, things that you know, really mean something to you personally, because we don't, we get so little of that time during a day, especially when there's families involved and businesses and all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, it's a, it's a really selfishly lush time to think I'm giving myself the best of myself um, every day. I love it. And so another thing that we spoke about, my audience know, my listeners on this podcast know, I am the least woo person. Well, actually, I can't say that. I can't say I'm the least woo person because I'm a little bit. You have a bit of, yeah, a little bit. But I'm I'm not woo. No. And it's so weird. I... At least I, I used to think I wasn't woo. Maybe yeah, I'm no, you becoming have, woo. You definitely, I reckon you could be, you we, you, you could be woo. Right. I'm, I'm going to be woo by the end of this podcast. <laughs> because yeah. I was about to say, I, I'm not woo, but I do think that I pull things in like the private jet. Yes, 100%. I, for me, because I'm a mindset person, like that's what I'm trained in. It's my biggest passion in anything because I fully believe that if you can master your mindset and you can master your consistency, you can accomplish anything. So for me, the man, like the, I know we're, we're going to talk about manifestation and for me, it's backed by mindset for me. Like it's a bridge between mindset and what else might be out there now and I come at it I'm not actually woo I am someone who finds the woo really fun and really joyful uh, but I love the science of mindset and how human behavior works and all of that stuff so I like to see I like to play with the woo and back it up in my own head with what I know is sort of scientific or factual or what there have been studies on and that kind of stuff but for me, if it's a choice, like if we get down to it, if there's a choice of, do I want to believe there's absolutely no such thing as manifestation, it's all a load of rubbish, or actually, I, I, maybe it does work. I mean, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. I mean, if it <laughs> did, and you spent your whole life saying, no, it didn't, I don't want to take that chance. I, I want to be like, it, I'm in until you show me it definitely doesn't. Like, that's who I am. Like, you know, prove it doesn't work first rather than prove it does. Um, but it is what is factual and what I think lends itself so well to um, the law of attraction and manifestation and calling in what you want is that, you know, what we focus on, what we set our minds to, we will see in our physical reality. So I um, set some of my clients the this really cute little challenge, which is you have to set your mind to want to see a heart. And when you go on your walk, like you literally say it out loud. You can't do any of this, like, you know, just in your own way. You've got to say it out loud. Like, oh, I, universe, God, angels, universe, or whatever feels true for you. I want to see a heart. Let me see a heart. 
and you go out and I will bet my bottom dollar that any of you, if you tried it, you will then notice a heart. And it's not that you manifested the heart or you made it appear. It's your mind is seeking out for you what it thinks you want to see. So you'll see it. You'll see more of it. You'll notice hearts that are just have been there all along that you never would have seen before. It's like the thing like when you go shopping for a new car and you're like, oh, I love this car. I'm going to get this car. And suddenly you see that car everywhere because you you we t- there's about seven million pieces of information coming into our minds at any one time you can't keep hold of all that information just like look around the room now there's you couldn't notice every detail that's right in front of you so your mind selects just like like plus or minus like seven, uh, three pieces of information at any one time to like really bring your attention to and you have to make a decision as to what you want your mind to focus on. And it can be, let's focus on all the good coming in so that I see more and more and more good stuff. Or let's focus on like the bad stuff that's happening and I'm going to see more and more and more of that. And so I think there's a real fine line between what already exists in the world because everything it all it's all in existence all the good stuff all the bad stuff all the stuff we want all the stuff we don't want it's all there it's about what you're going to notice what is going to be brought into your like what into your physical reality as in like that you will your mind will actually point you and direct you to and you'll see more and more and more of those things so it's like I think do believe we can absolutely reap what we sow. I believe in the laws of karma and things like that, that what you put out, the energy you put out into the world is the kind of energy you'll get back. So for me, like trying to be, feel really positive is really powerful for me. But I also um, like love the fact that it's backed up by directing. I I can get behind having control of my mind in order to create a way more positive, way more successful looking life than like doing it the other way around and be you know think about when um you know when something goes wrong like we ring everyone we tell everyone every detail of like what's gone wrong it's so bad I can't believe it and we'll go over and over and over again in our head we play it and we play it how often do you do that when something good happens (laughs) never Never. Never. Like, like, you know, I, even with the jet thing, I was like, can't talk about that. You know, can only talk about it once. And then I must shut up about the jet. You know, do you know what I mean? Like we don't do react the same way about negative things and positive things. We, we will obsess over negative things and think about it way more than we ever do. Like a win. We're like, oh yeah, it's really great. But you know, like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So true. Oh my gosh. We should commit. We should set up a Facebook group or something. Yeah, like the, win. oh my God, what do you, I've read You're it on only your allowed to come Ring in the here. bell, ring the bell, you know, like, oh my God, it came in, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. and do you know what is so interesting? Because everything that you're saying is everything that I talk about with sales. If you look for sales, you will find them. If you yes. tell yourself you're great at sales, you will become great at sales. I say to myself every day, I'm a magnet for sales. And I am because the energy you put out is the energy that you become. What you're focused and, on. It's yeah. yes, you're telling your mind like this is what's important to me. Go out and find yeah. it because the prime directive of your unconscious mind is to like back up what you want to believe like it will find the evidence for you whatever you're thinking whatever it thinks is most important to you it will go out and it will seek like 
to, to find the evidence of it. So it's so important what we think with our minds. And I think if manifestation or law of attraction or whatever you want to call it helps you get into that energy of taking a bit of control and trying to call it in, I'm all for that. Like, I think it's so joyful. I think it's a real nice combination of mindset and the energy of manifestation. I think it's all interlinked. And I definitely see, like, there's been timing situations in my life, you know, where you think the timing on that is crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm, like any really super, I was going to swear, but I'll say that, any super rubbish thing that has happened in my life. And there have been a few, you know, I've been, I've been divorced. I've lost family members. It's all though, eventually, like, it's like a storm has cleared my path to allow something way better to come in. And the timing of things in my life has been to the point where I can't call it coincidence anymore. Well, should we, should we just briefly talk about the Chanel bag? Oh, this is great. I honestly, yes, because the, the the actual timings of what happened that day with your Chanel bag, it was like the energy around it was just, it was so crazy. As soon as we start talking about it, and then that, I don't know if I might say, but that sale then hit your, like, Oh my yeah. God. So I went and I told the whole story to the Entrepreneurs Growth Club because it was so crazy. But I had basically wanted this bag in forever. And I had told myself the first time that I launched Felisa, which is the reason we were on the, uh, I've been on the jet twice, can you believe? But the first time I was like, I'm going to buy a Chanel handbag. And then I didn't. I didn't feel like I deserved it. I didn't feel like I should be buying it. Who am I to buy a Chanel handbag? And so the second time when we launched, I was like, no, I'm definitely going to do it. I'm still thinking about it and we bumped into Lucy Sheridan the night before and she said to me one of the first things that she said to me is I want to go to Chanel in Nice and I text my husband saying oh my gosh they're talking about going to Chanel tomorrow like in Nice if we go to Chanel should I buy the bag and he just texts me back saying yes and then obviously Nikki was there with her own Chanel bag and I was like (laughs) oh my god I don't have a Chanel bag and I really really want one and then everything just fell into place. We were on the front of this bow and um, I got the exact amount of money. I made a sale the exact amount of money that a Chanel handbag was. We were in the Chanel shop and Nikki said to me, they might not have the exact handbag. But I caught, of course, at that moment, we both knew yeah. that they would. Yeah. And, and they, they did. One. And they, they had one and it wasn't out in the shop. It was out the back, like it was being saved for you. It was like... It was just, it was an incredible series of events from that money, like the notification on your phone to say that, you know, that exact amount of money that we've just been talking about. It was like the universe went, here you go, big sign, you need to go buy your bag now. And it's, and to me, when that happens, it's almost like, are you really going to say, I don't trust myself to follow this sign. I don't, I'm not backing myself. Like it's, I've talked about wanting to buy something. It costs this amount of money. This amount of money just hit my bank account. And it's not something I was like, you know, so certain was coming in, like, but it's coming at this exact moment. And I'm going to say, oh, no, I can't, can't trust in that. Like, oh, you can't do it. You have to just lean into it and be like, this is a sign. And I have to be like, trust myself enough to follow the signs and be guided to where I want to go. And I think, I think that leads to a joyful, positive, fun and creative life. 
And it was so much more than a bag for me. You know, it sounds silly, but it was such a moment. And I was so grateful that I got to do that with you. It's such a moment. It's such a moment. It's a symbol. It's a symbol of hopes, dreams, success, of backing yourself, of saying, recognizing that you have achieved something. And it's symbolic. It's so much more than a bag. And if, I'm sorry, one, cost per wear. And two, (laughs) two, it's like, the end, like, I don't know if it's the same for you, but like my, I love a handbag. I, I save for my bags, they're very special to me. And my energy, cause it's symbolic, changes when I carry it. I can be in like some 15 pound dress from H&M with my bag and I can just, my energy is different. It means something to me. It's like a talisman of, you know, what I was able to do and how much, you know, I back myself in this, you know? I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh, Nikki, I could literally talk to you all day long. You're a joy. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can go and follow you and get more of this fitness, magic, accountability, craziness and manifestation from you. Oh, I know it's a bit of everything. So um, you'll find me hanging out most days on Instagram. It's just my name at Nikki Gundy. And also I have, if you love a little bit of the inner magic, kind of stuff I have an inner magic Facebook group which is where um all my favorite ladies come together and we discuss all kind of stuff like this everything from fitness to family to the woo to the wellness it all comes under anything that we can do for like a bit of self-development a bit of celebration Uh, so I'd love for you to come and join me there fabulous thank you so much I'll pop all of those in the show notes so that you can connect with thanks for having me it was so nice and have a great day